Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. My message this morning, um, a little uh, different, uh, to challenge you. So uh, you've got to unbuckle your seatbelt this morning and get ready. Um, uh, And my message is don't just sit there. Don't just sit there. Waiting for better days. You've got to do something. And as we prepare for overflow, I, I said to a pastor this week, and I think sometimes think um, what I say is not very spiritual, but I think sometimes all we do is pray and nothing else. Now there's a time to pray, but then there's a time to play. And a lot of people are praying when they should be playing. And they are playing when they should be praying. Now when I, I talk about playing, I'm talking about playing the game of life that God called you to live, to fulfill your destiny. So a lot of people are sitting, waiting for their breakthrough. I'm going to show you today that God's actually waiting for you. Because 2,000 years ago, God made His final move for you and for me. When He, when he sent His Son to the cross to die for us and He cut a new covenant with us. And then He sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to live this life. I said it last week in the evening service. I said, sometimes and some of you are going to fall off your chairs with the statements, sometimes people in the world are happier than people in the church. And don't give me because they drink. I said to another couple the other day, I said, you're so boring, maybe your wife should have half a glass, glass of wine. Now I'm not advocating alcohol, but I'm telling you, some people need to get a life. Because since they got saved, they got so serious and so boring and so bland and so beige. And that's why back in the day, people didn't want to follow Jesus because they thought Christians use Jesus as a crutch. Now I want to tell you, Jesus is not a crutch. He's the way, He's the truth, and He's the life. Come on. And He created you to overcome. He created you for dominion. So sometimes, listen. And listen to the whole sermon before you switch out with your spiritual, uh, uh, religious mindset. Sometimes people in the world know more to do, how to do what they do than people in the church. Think about it. Because people in the church are always waiting for something. Well, people in the world just get on with it. Now, I'm not saying people in the world are better than people in the church or better off. Uh, on the contrary. But how come we have God, we have the Holy Ghost, we have the angels, we have the blood of Jesus, we have the Word of God, we have everything, and many people have no vision, no drive, no no fruit, and they just sit, and and almost like in a coma, and they call prayer, or or they, rather than getting proactive, they sit in a corner and they pray somewhere. I mean, there are people today that are just getting on with life. Well, there are people sitting in church that are waiting for life to happen. Amen. You can't say amen. Okay. 
Jou pastoor het nie, pastoor het nie, pastoor, jou pastoor het nie ongeestelik geraak nie, jou pastoor gaan vir jou help, want van julle, al wat julle doen is julle sit, 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 kyk man, jy moet begin opstaan, jy moet lewe in jouself kry, en jy moet besig raak met jou lewe, en jy moet een visie kry, en jy moet begin doen wat jy kan doen, jy moet die moendelike begin doen, so dat God die onmoendelike kan doen, because somehow, people in the church are always waiting for a miracle, while people in the world don't even know that there is something like a miracle, they just get out to their jobs, they just get busy with their marriages, they just get on with their lives, and they just progress in life, while people often in the church are sitting, waiting, 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 for what? If God already did everything he's going to do, what are we waiting for? Right? You want to be a doctor, get the degree. You want to be the jo- get a job, be better, be more diligent, be more hardworking. You want to get the husband, then listen, get some polyfiller and, and uh, I mean... You can't date the girl and for three days you haven't bathed. And every time you, you, you lift your hands to praise God, she wants to faint. And it's not because of the anointing, it's because of the aroma. Get some two men, kill them germs. Come on, look at the person next to you, say, Pastor's definitely not talking to me. <laughs> you know when, when, uh, 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 in Pretoria, when we were still in the Waterkloof uh, school, um, uh, and, and Pastor Russell phoned me, he said to me, oh, they told us we can't be here anymore, we have to be out next week. I said, and? He said, what are we going to do? I said, you tell me. He said, Pastor, you, you know Pastor Russell, he was in panic stations. He said, what are we going to do? I said, well, let's pitch a tent. Let's do what we can do. This is not a time for a prayer meeting. This is a time for action. Oh, clap louder than that. Otherwise, I will lull you in your, I'll continue to keep you on your coma of apathy. I mean, if we are are full of the Holy Ghost, we should be more energetic, more passive, passionate, not passive, more creative, more blessed, more proactive, more forward-minded if we have the Holy Ghost in us. So let's stop this excuse that I'm waiting on God. Let's stop this excuse that I first have to pray. Some of you have prayed enough for five lifetimes. It's time for you to get up off your backs, oh, you're rusty, dusty, and to get busy with the life that God called you to live. So you can say amen or now or something, okay? You're praying about the job. Man, go get the job. You're praying about the degree. Man, go study. You're praying about the goal. Man, take the goal. The Bible doesn't say who prays for a wife finds a good wife. The Bible says who finds her a wife. You find her. Go to the gym. Get rid of your closet and turn it back into your, uh, where it should be. Okay, now I've got your attention. Uh, Some of you at least, the rest of you, with that religious halo over your heads, maybe I get rid of that halo or maybe you are going to find something that's a little bit deeper for you. So 2 Kings chapter 7, are you, yeah, are you happy? Are you glad you came, right? 
When the Springboks ran onto the rugby field, it wasn't time to pray. All this helps nothing. Catch the ball, score the try. The cross on your arm means nothing. The, the fish on your letter heat means nothing. Do the job better. Work a little bit harder. Be smarter. Put in the hard yards. Catch the ball. Stop knocking the ball. Okay, now that I have your attention and you're awake after last night. I mean, part, people were partying all night. Maybe you as well. Anyway, guys, 2 Kings chapter 7. Let's get into the Word. And I, my message this morning is, well, don't just sit there. And I actually want to add and suck your thumb. But I'll be nice. I'm trying to provoke some of you this morning, which obviously I've managed to do already. Listen, I've been a Christian for over 40 years and I grew up in this soaking, rolling, shaking and I saw nobody do anything. And everybody was ugly. Nobody did anything. I said, believe man. I said, believe. No, not everybody was ugly. You don't get ugly people. But let me say, nobody looked after themselves. Because everything was just spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. Tomorrow when you operate, you pray before you get to the theater. And when you operate, you work with the Holy Ghost on the inside. But you do not stand there now and you pray when you should be operating. You don't read your Bible when you should be typing letters, okay? Then you type the letters. You don't witness when you should be uh, uh, studying for your degree. You get the best marks and then you witness to people so people can see that you are not a loser, that you actually represent the God who created you, okay? Really? What's fault with you? Stand up. Do needs. Be as proactive. Okay, let me give you a million scriptures to show you this is how it is, okay? All right. So, Second Kings chapter 7, there's a, there's a promise that comes of overflow. Israel is in a terrible situation, there's a famine in Samaria. People are so desperate, they're eating uh, dove dung, uh, they're eating donkey's heads. It's actually unaffordable, that's the diet. And then uh, people turn to cannibalism, they actually begin to eat one another's children, okay? We pick up the story there. So it's as bad as it can get. And there's a promise. Everybody say a promise. Because a revelation does what? Brings inspiration. Which requires what? Preparation. There has to be revelation. That brings inspiration. That demands preparation. And then requires your, inspir- uh, your, your, your perspiration. Meaning you have to do something. When God gives you a promise, you cannot sit. Two thirds of the name of God is go. He said, go into all the world. People are waiting for a breakthrough and they're sitting. People are waiting for things to change and they're sitting. You have to do more than sit. You have to get up. 
So let's talk about that. You want to change things in your business? Change it. You want to change things in your marriage? Change it. You want to change things in your health? Change it. You want to change the society? Change it. You want to see the world become a better place? Be proactive. Stop being the silent majority that's watching an agenda of this government like a python trying to stifle Christianity in this country. We're going to sit like the frog in the pot and when we see again the church has no rights in this country because all the church wants to do is sit and pray and pray and pray and pray and nobody stands up. Listen, there's a time to pray but then there's a time you better get up and you better get vocal and you better feed the poor and you better clothe the naked and you better go uh, cast your net on the other side and you better do the possible so God can do the impossible because until you don't move God cannot move because God lives in you. He's not going to move from the heavens. He's going to move in you. Then God's going to move through you. I'm tired of this low energy that, that, that I see in so many people that, that, that talk in tongues. What has the tongue talking done for you if your energy is always low? Now, don't say, read what I'm not saying. Please pray in tongues. But if you pray in tongues, you better be edified and get some unction in your gumption. Right? I mean, uh, one of our churches faced a crisis. I said to the pastor straight, I said, what are you going to do? He said, no, we're praying about it. I said, it's, it's, uh, it's not time for prayer. The cult is no pitman. They have no slumbias. They have no itzdun. They have no optria. They can't no pitni. They must laugh about it. Amen. Now I'm not minimizing prayer. As soon as I intervened, she brought forth her children. So our intercessors birth people. But if there's no prayer, people don't get saved. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But we can't pray and not preach. People don't get saved through prayer. They get prepared through prayer. But God chose through the foolishness of the go- preaching of the gospel for people to get saved. We don't preach the gospel, people don't get saved. No angel preaches. You don't witness to your friend, he's not going to get saved. You can pray until all your hair falls out. You're not going to grow your business if you don't get a new client. The fish will not jump in your boat. You have to lower your nets. Oh my word. Take the handbrake off, please. So uh, God says tomorrow there's going to be a great breakthrough. An officer, somebody that's cynical says, look, If the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, in fact, you will see it with your eyes. The prophet says, but you shall not eat it. Now watch how God brings a a, a breakthrough in a way that the people never thought he would. He uses the most unlikely people. Four leprous men who had more savvy than the king, than everybody else in the city. You don't need all the ability in the world. You just need to make yourself available. You just need to go. You need to do something. Then God's going to do something through you. So there were four leprous men. And we know what leprosy did in those days. The uh, body parts rotted and, and fell off. And it was a slow death sentence. And they were, uh, they were placed outside of the village, outside of the gate. They sat at the entrance of the gate doing what? Begging. And they say to one another, time to have a conversation with your wife. Why are we sitting here until we die? 
Why are we sitting when things are not the way it should be in our business? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city. And if we shall die there, we shall only be dead. And if we sit here, we die also. So a good thing about a bad situation is it can't get any worse. Say amen. So if you rock bottom, there's one way for you to go and that's up. Stop sitting and nursing and cursing and rehearsing your rock bottom my word in life and begin to ask the question, why am I sitting? What can I do? What is God's word for me? Where can I lower my nets? What is it that I can do? Because God's already done what He's going to do. You, listen, you have children, God's not going to raise them. You have to raise them. God's not going to discipline them. You have to discipline them. God's not going to train them in the ways of God. You have to train them in the ways of God. No child grows themselves. No child develops character by themselves. You pray for the child, you fall pregnant. Now it's your responsibility to be the loving, caring parent, to instill the right values in that person. Your activity now determines what that child becomes. So when people abdicate responsibility, they don't show up in church, they don't grow their, raise their kids in the house of God to have a love for God, they don't even realize what they're doing. They are destroying their bloodline. They are destroying future generations because they are not instilling a love in the hearts for their children for the love of God. Do you know the fastest growing religion because it's called a religion now is atheism? Christianity is still the biggest, Muslim the second biggest, then atheism is the third biggest religion. 1.7 billion people that call themselves atheists. 20 years ago, it wasn't even 400,000. So we sit and we say, well, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. How does Jesus build His church? I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. We are co-workers with God. God doesn't change society without us. God doesn't influence society without our voices. That's why this government, unfortunately, and many powers wants to silence the voice of the church because if they silence us, they neutralize us. Most people aren't even aware. I mean, they, they're passing a hate speech bill now in parliament. Do you understand that, what, that, what that means? That if you say anything that's offenses to anybody, you can be criminally sued. That means if I speak on this platform and I say anything that's deemed offensive, through this camera, somebody can now sue me and stifle. So what's every pastor going to become? A little mealy-mouthed, man-pleasing individual that cannot preach the gospel because of a hate speech bill that they are passing in our country right now. And you talk to the religious leaders, nobody wants to do anything about it. But the day that is passed, and then people want to pray, it's too late now, baby. It's too late now. Because there's a time to act. I said there's a time to act. When you sleep, when you should be acting, you will pay the price generationally. And the church in South Africa has to wake up in the name of Jesus. Shout amen, somebody. Come on.
So they're in a bad situation. They say, if we sit, we're going to die. If we go, we can die. Maybe we're going to stay alive. So they say, come, let's surrender to the army of the Syrians. And if they keep us alive, we shall live. But if they kill us, we shall only die. Three times they say, it can't get any worse. Listen, some of you, it can't get any worse. That's a good thing. That means you better become proactive like these four lepers and ask the question, hey, I've sat, just think with me today, please. Because the height of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. You've sat and sat and sat and prayed and prayed and sat and sat and prayed and prayed and sat and sat and prayed and prayed and nothing has changed. Nothing is going to change until you change. Nothing is going to change until you get up with God, until you get a word from God, until you get revelation, inspiration, preparation, and you actually get involved and you actually uh, add some perspiration because uh, faith without works is dead. So you want change in your life, then change something. I, I feel the priest, Pastor. Okay. Let the weak say I'm strong. Uh, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He didn't say pray about the spirit of heaviness. He said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That means you have to be proactive because emotion follows motion. If you feel tired and you say, I feel tired, I feel tired, you're going to act tired. It's exactly the opposite. Faith works the opposite. When you feel tired and you feel worn out, you should say, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Come on, let the weak say, I am strong. When you feel like you cannot, you should say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, Christians, the world is waiting for you. The world is at your feet. Don't let anybody else stop you. You put on, oh, some of you need to put on a garment of praise this morning. You need to celebrate, you need to rejoice. You are facing a giant, you're in a valley. You need to praise Him. You need to put on a garment of praise. This is not emotion, this is not hype, this is hope. Hope is an expression of faith in God. Praise God for the miracle. Praise God for the answer before the answer. Praise God that God has heard your prayer. Praise God that you have the victory. Come on, CRC. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, man. Hallelujah. I mean, what religion does is pacify Christians. Form of godliness denying the power. So people go through all the motions and nothing changes. Really? So then a tough situation, things are bad and they realize they've got to do something. And if it doesn't work, what if we lost? But let's try again. So they ask a question, why are we sitting? <laughs> it's like, I hope I would have choose my words because we, some of us are on different planets when it comes to spirituality, right? I don't mean it to insult anybody, but some people, they, we just need a move of God. Quantify that. Explain. We need a revival. Explain. Give me the picture in your head. People falling over. Yes, I'm for that. I'm a revivalist. And then when you get up, you're still the same. If you were ignorant before you fell on the ground, you better get up illuminated. If you were lazy before you fell on the ground, you better get up, flex. 
Otherwise, it's what? It's a cop-out. It's a bailout. We sing more of thee, more of thee, more of you, Jesus, more of you. And he says, what do you mean more? He's like telling your wife, more of you. Now, I understand if she's neglecting you, but Jesus doesn't neglect you. Okay. He's like, more of you. She says, what do you mean? More what? More love. More power. More of thee in my life. No, you need to yield more. But God doesn't have more power to give you. He doesn't have more love to give you. He is love. He is omnipotent. He has given us all things that pertain to life. I haven't started, please. That pertain to life and godliness. He has given us all things. So, listen, don't misunderstand what I say with prayer. But I grew up in a church like this where all we did was pray. And for 11 years, we never grew beyond 200 because we would pray. And we didn't just pray. We prayed for 12 hours every Friday night, 6 till 6. So you're talking about a prayer. You're talking about somebody that comes out of the school of prayer. Then I realized when I went to Lady Brand, I was praying and praying and praying and fasting and fasting and fasting because I thought when you pray and fast, you move God to do something. No. God already decided what He's going to do in your life. So prayer and fasting will get you in line with God's plan and purpose in your life. And then you have to get up and put your emotions aside. You have to get up and go catch the harvest, witness to the friends, build the church, do what God has called you to do, dig a ditch, then God is gonna fill it. You have to do the possible, then God will do the impossible. Otherwise, we are just becoming a, a, a charismatic religion and we don't take responsibility, we abdicate. And my mother always told me, do not abdicate. You delegate, you do not abdicate. But remember, you do not delegate back to God. You don't put the responsibility back to God. Prayer is not telling God what God should do. Prayer is taking the responsibility and then acting God's will out in your life by faith. That is what prayer is. Amen. Like, maar van jullie lijkt of jullie bomskok het. Nou, ek weet nie hoe met ek interpreteer nie. Is dit nou na vandaag gestrand? Of is dit nou die boodskap? Pastor, I need a breakthrough. Explain. Explain. Because God gave us highly credit, as highly intelligent. Explain the picture of your breakthrough. Now, now, God does do miracles, but we don't live in the vacuum of miracles. We live by faith. So when the early church moved, God moved with them. When these four lepers moved, God moved with them. So we can talk, talk, talk until we act, nothing is going to change. Nothing. Amen. Amen. You can do that every time you run on the rugby field. It's not going to make you a better rugby player. Ooh, now I'm offending religious spirits here. It's not even funny. But I've had enough of that nonsense, by the way. I mean, it's like people are saved and they suck prunes. Before they got saved, they were happy. Now they're saved and they suck prunes. 
And they say, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart today. And I'm so happy. So really happy. And, and, and other people, without singing, I've got the joy, joy. They just have the joy. And they're just happy. And they just enjoy life. Without quoting John 10, 10. So if you're quoting John 10, 10, please then be happier. Do you know what I'm saying is the truth? Oh, we're serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Just take a chill pull the gospel, please. Get the context of, of serving the Lord. Oh, we're serving the Lord. We're suffering for... What are you suffering? You don't have to suffer. Jesus suffered for you 2,000 years ago. You now live the life that God has for you. Enjoy your marriage. Enjoy your children. Enjoy your vacation. Enjoy uh, your job. Enjoy what God has given you. And Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Stop making this something heavy. And you always have to, I have to fast and pray. Listen, listen. Just live the life that God has given you and get busy with what God has already blessed you with and get busy with the life that God has given you. Oh, come on, man. He's done it for you already. All you have to do is live it by the power of His grace. Someone just shout amen. Hallelujah. Come on, man. Come on, man. I told Norita always, don't have these uh, women's conferences and you teach women just to pray. Teach them to play with their husbands, man. Then they can have much better marriages. Oh, bring your handkerchiefs so we can pray over your handkerchiefs. No. I mean, we come out of the day where you go anoint the man's pillow. The guy wakes up the next morning like a grease ball, grease lightning. And the woman is like, I'm not mocking that now, but listen, he doesn't need the anointing oil on, 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 on his pillow on his son in the evening. He needs something else. Can the brother say hurrah or something at least? Come on. So the more you're praying for your husband, the less he wants to serve God. I wonder why. He doesn't want a prayer meeting with you. Maar dis die waarheid man, stem hier saam, dis die waarheid, dis die reine waarheid, dis die heilige waarheid, so waarheid, waarheid, dis die waarheid. Al ons leven toch so ernstig, prijs God op die spot, halleluja, hoe gaan het met jou? Prijs die Heer met blije galme, oe my siel as rijke stof, het gaan goed my, geseend is my inkomst, geseend is my, ek het nie vir jou gevra om vir bybelvers nie, ek sê hoe gaan dit? Hallelujah, Hosanna, praise the Lord, blessed be His name, Adonai, Shabbara. I didn't ask you for a praise session. Nobody in the world can relate to that. Nobody. And the more we become like that, the more we lose our impact with normal people. How normal are you still? 
Yeah. Now, it doesn't say get lost in this world, but you're better off than people in the world. But why should they act happier than you? You're gritting your teeth in that job because you're not happy, and they're just too happy that they have a job. So uh, these four lepers ask an intelligent question. They say, why are we sitting here? We've sat here long enough. We tied off the bread and the crumbs. And they said, they, they actually realized that if we don't do something, nothing is going to change. I know it sounds simple, but it, until you do something, nothing is going to change about your situation. And prayer is always the starting point. Don't misunderstand what I say. Because prayer leads to revelation. But you only need one revelation. Not every day a new revelation. That revelation should be the inspiration that fuels your preparation. That determines your expectation, right? And then you put in the hard work, the perspiration in line with that. So they realized sitting would change nothing. And they made a decision. And if that's all I get from you this morning, I've accomplished my mission. They made a decision, let's do something. Because the worst thing that can happen is nothing. Because nothing is happening in any case. So if you have nothing to lose, you're in a very good place, in a very good space. That's the time to be bold and brave and to get out there and to hell with the devil and try whatever you can. And if you fail, yeah, it doesn't matter because you've already failed and you try again. And if that doesn't work, you try again. And if that doesn't work, you try again. And if that doesn't work, you try again. Come on. But one thing you don't do is you don't go sit down and you, 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 you suck your thumb and you feel sorry for yourself and you nurse your past all the time. It's easy to be cynical in South Africa right now. It's very easy. But we have to focus on the promise of God. And then we have to get the Word of God. Not a million words. One Word of God is enough. When Peter sat in the boat in the midst of the storm, he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Jesus said, come. You need one word. Jesus told all of us, go. You need one word. One word is enough to sustain you for a lifetime if you will believe that word and act on that word. Come on, people in television land. Come on, CRC Turban. Come on, all our Christians there in Bloemfontein. Let's get up and let's get busy and let's do what we can do. Then God will do what we cannot do in the name of Jesus. This is your time for overflow. Say amen in Jesus' name. Come on. So they make a decision. Nothing happens until you make a decision. You want things to recover, make a decision. And then move in the right direction. Move. Cannot sit and wait for a breakthrough. You are the breakthrough. God in you is the breakthrough. So when God spoke to David in 2 Samuel chapter 5, and his name Balperism is revealed, the master of many breakthroughs, all God did was give David a word. David had to act on the word, and then he, God broke through for him when he acted. David didn't sit passively. He acted on the word of God. When you hear the sound of the Lord in the mulberry trees, that's what I'm saying to you. 
opportunity presents itself once and often is dressed and disguised in overalls. It knocks once. If you don't open that door, somebody else is going to open that door. So you need to be wide awake. That's what prayer does. You are wide awake. You are ready. You are chomping at the bit. You are ready to move forward. You have a forward mindset, not a sitting mindset, a soaking mindset, a, a waiting mindset. You have a forward mindset, proactive, and you are ready to move. Because God said to him, when you hear the sound, you shall advance quickly. Now, if David did not listen, if David acted slowly, he would have lost the battle. He had to respond. He had to act. And listen, we have to understand this because there's a spiritual side where David at Ziklag goes and inquires. He's on the ground. He's in the presence of God. He's tired. Everybody wants to kill him. He is encouraged. He gets a word from God. Shall I pursue? God says, you will pursue and you will recover all. Then David picked him up from the ground, inspired 600 other people, and David pursued the enemy. Now the tough part comes, the part we don't like, because now there's no feeling. Now it's grit, guts, determination. But you have to get out there. You don't feel anointed. You don't feel a goosebump. You don't glow in the dark. You now have to fight the good fight of faith, like Paul said. And he attacked the enemy from morning the one day till evening the next day. He had to do the hard yards. Raising that teenager is not always easy. You know, when, I, when David went through a phase of rebellion for about three to six months, I said to David, David, I love you so much. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you, but I'm going to fight you with love. The devil won't have you. I didn't just pray. I prayed for my son, but he saw another side of his dad, right? Because Jesus has four faces. He's a lion. Hallelujah. And he's a lamb. He's an eagle. He's an ox. He's a hard worker. He's, uh, he's not just a little lamb. So I say to David, you've now awakened the lion in your dad. And your dad now will show you that the devil that's trying to get a hold of you is not going to win this battle. I'll, I'll smash the devil. I'll smash the devil. He's friends. Okay, I don't want to say what I said because you think I'm unspiritual. But I, I, I want my son quickly. Because the devil wanted, I wasn't one of those parents that just said, send a prayer request. I prayed and I said, the devil will not have my child. And I told my boy, I said, listen, you've seen the nice side. Now you're seeing the other side, which is nicer. Because I love you. I always told you I love you. My David, I for your clits. As you think that bubbly bubblies and alles is your toekomst. I said, kry your vrienden, kry hulle paas, kry amal. Ek slaan amal. Axelani Devil, I joined. And it was conflict. I love my kids, man, but it was serious conflict. You understand that? Every day, it's like, you know how they are these teenagers sometimes? And you know, he stood one and he looks at me like that. I said, my kind, you will not be grond now, is Jy wil my challenge. Jy ken jou pa nie. Jy gaan nie verloor nie. Jy gaan tonigste kom. And now we just pray. Pray. I pray and then I act. And I stood, 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 took his cell phone, took his money, took his, I didn't pay his sin, I said, you're not getting pocket money. 
you're not going out and let me catch you out. I have your clits. Because my mother was the same with me. My mother, wherever I was, she would climb in her car and everybody knew. Here comes your mother looking for you. My mother, there wasn't just a prayer. She heard a boy. She came. And all my friends was afraid of her. Because she didn't tolerate it. She's not going to see me go to hell. And you disguise it in love? I love you. I don't want to offend you, my boy. My word. I brought you into this world. Right? You didn't bring yourself. So you live under my roof. You live according to my rules. I don't care about your tantrum. When they got married, each one of these kids said, thank you, Dad, for being loving but tough. That you never allowed the world to get a hold of us. Yeah, give the Lord a praise, man. And I'll tell you the end of the story. I was walking with him in the garden one day. and But he knew. I took a stance that was immovable. And still went quad biking with him because he's an adrenaline junkie like myself and did all the radical things with him, etc. And um, But I wasn't going to relent. And one day I was walking on the ground, uh, in the garden with him like this, my arm around him, and he fell to his knees. And he's a strong man. And he started weeping. He said, I repent, Daddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what got all of me. Bam! I won my son. But I didn't just win my son through prayer, 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 prayer. I won my son through prayer and then fire and then stood my ground until he came to his senses. Oh, come on, man. Say amen and give the Lord a praise. I don't know what your battle is, but listen, there's a nice part where we come and we hallelujah and we experience the grace of God, the blessing of God, the anointing. But tomorrow we have to get out into the marketplace. We have to dig the ditches. We have to face the conflict. We have to face situations out there. And I'll tell you, God is with you. You live a large life. You don't doubt yourself. You get out there. You believe in God. You believe in yourself. And you go give it your best shot in Jesus' name. But don't just sit, 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 sit. It's time to get up and do whatever you can wherever you are, with whatever you have, and you are going to watch God like that widow we spoke about last week, how He's going to multiply your oil. He's going to meet your expectation. No, He's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of you. Preparation, expectation, preparation, expectation, preparation, preparation, expectation. But then you need to get busy. I said you need to get busy. You need to get a shovel. You need to dig those ditches. You need to do the possible. God's going to do the impossible. You need to do the possible. God will do the impossible. You need to do the possible. God will do the impossible. But if you're going to sit and sit and sit and sit and sit, God can do nothing. Come on, family, as we stand in a place of worship for a moment, with every head bowed and every eye closed and believers praying, that come on, Pastor spoke this morning about the importance of you getting up and doing something. Some of you are standing in this place and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. But God is calling you today and He's standing with open arms and He's waiting and He's saying, just take that first step towards Him. Come and get out of that big pile if you've been a backslider, if you used to serve God. And maybe things have happened to you, but God is standing and He's loving you. He's standing with loving arms and waiting for you. Come if that is you, quietly wherever you are. If you do not know God or you used to know Him, 
but you love to come back, or you're not even sure if heaven is your home, then quietly, wherever you are, just slip up your hand. Come on, that is you saying to God, I'm getting up. I'm standing up. I'm getting back to you. As hands are being lifted all over this place. Come on, this is your opportunity. That some of you have no hope and you think that you'll find it in substance, in relationships, in so many areas. But God is standing here this morning with open arms and He's asking you, run to Him. He loves you. Nothing that you've done yesterday can separate you from the love that He has for you this morning. And this whole sermon this morning was for you to hear that He loves you, that He cares for you, and He wants you to stand up and get out of your situation. See, if that is you, if, you've lifted, if you did not lift your hand, then lift it up now in Jesus' name. Thank you for the hands on the flank. Thank you for the on the balcony here at the bottom block. Stay at the back. Thank you for the middle block. Come on, if that is you, just lift it up. Come on, some of you of his husbands. You don't know what you're going to do with your family tomorrow. But God is telling you, you just get up. You come to Him. He will guide you. He will lead you. To lead your family back to Him. But it starts by you accepting Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. So thank you. If you lifted your hand, you can put it down for us. If you have not lifted it yet, slip it up now in Jesus' name. Come on, thank you so much for the hands that are being lifted. Come on, amen, family. Let's give every person that are standing in the front a huge hand this morning. Family, every one of you that's standing in the front, I want you to please look at me for a moment. I know there's a lot of tears, there's a lot of hurt, maybe a lot of disappointment, but God loves you. And the whole heart of this church and our pastor is to show you that love by walking with you and helping you. We will never do you justice if we do not take this part. That's the most important part of our services to give you an opportunity to come to Christ. I promise you, your life will never be the same again. But we wanna ask you, allow us to walk with you because tomorrow you still have to go back you still have to go face those challenges. But the amazing thing is that you are becoming part of a family today and your life will never be the same again. Allow us, as we walk with you, we're going to see you in the years and the months to come and what God's going to do in and through you. So please be so kind just to put your hand on your heart standing in the front, close your eyes and just focus on the one that touched you and just pray after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. And I thank you for your forgiveness. Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for all my sins and that you rose again and that you live forevermore. I thank you, Father, that from today, I'm a brand new person. The old has passed and the new has come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, family. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost 
by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.